Silva's direction. He was on the move. Floating ball for Fritsch. Bounce, bit unkind. Just dropped low and went into the pocket. Hine took it quickly. Well, McDonald over his head. It just sat for him. He couldn't kill the ball. McDonald! Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, as we hold on for dear life aboard the roller coaster ride that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. My name is Tim and thank you so much for joining us. Unfortunately, Simo can't make it today. Being caught up in the absolute whirlwind that is COVID at the moment, it's been an absolute disaster of a couple of days across the nation and unfortunately, he's been stuck interstate and is still trying to work his way to get back into Victoria, uh, given that it is school holiday. So, we wish him all the best. Yeah, he can't make it today, but his priorities are elsewhere, which is completely understandable. So, looking forward to having him back next week. But it is just me at the moment, so I'm just going to quickly run through a bit of a brief review of our very gritty, very gutsy win against the Essendon on Saturday night. As always, this episode is proudly brought to you by our incredible sponsor, Hop Hen Brewing in Lillardale. Make sure you get down to check out their amazing selection of craft brews and say good day to Mike and Jody for us, especially if you see Jody, say go D's. And yeah, make sure that you let us let them know that you came to them uh, and you heard from them if you haven't been there before from the podcast because they'd love to know uh, yeah where the new customers are coming from. So coming into Saturday night, Essendon definitely one of the informed teams of the competition, winning four of their last five and knocking in the door for that final few spots that are available in the top eight and looking to hopefully have an impact in September. Pretty much from the word go, it was a defensive scrap, which both sides really tried to lock down the ball in either of their forward halves and really slowed up really any sort of scoring and, and didn't allow any sort of continuity of ball movement and, yeah, limited the scoring for both sides. Uh, Essendon threatened to sort of take away with it early when they began to break open the corridor and Jake Stringer looked like he was going to, yeah, really sort of put them in a dangerous position and, and actually they got the lead at quarter time with a kick after the siren, which was, yeah, certainly a little bit concerning for Melbourne considering they just didn't capitalise on their entries to start with. So with that, quarter time comes, some defensive realignment happens. Hibbard goes to Stringer uh, and manages to clamp him down. Melbourne win a lot more of the uncontested ball. I think our centre clearance work was fantastic and the immediate impact of Jack Viney was definitely evident in that game. We were able to control the ball in that second and third quarter a lot more. Unfortunately, we just didn't make him pay on the scoreboard, and that allowed them to really creep back into the game. And that last quarter was really a bit of a siege, and our defense was put to the test, and where Essendon were really pushing forward. And our defense, like it has been many times this season, was tested. But we have that key personnel and those people we can be ever reliable on, especially in our pillars of Jake Lever and Stephen May, were absolutely incredible in that last quarter and, and nicely supported by our cast in Salem and Hunt, Hibbard, uh, Rivers and our whole 22 really, our whole team defence really sort of stood up and in a quarter that we only kicked the one goal, uh, but it was great to see that we were able to nut out that win because, yeah, it was a really disappointing game against Collingwood two weeks ago. It was great to see that we could reset, refresh after the bye and, and look to just win in any way possible. At, at this stage, at the end of the season, the ladder doesn't document how you win games. And no, okay, we might not be playing our absolute best football, but we're not a finished product yet. And they've clearly said that. We're still working our way through the kinks. Essendon are a rising team. We have to give credit to them. Their pressure, I thought, was outstanding, along with our defensive pressure as well. And that's what sort of game it was. It was entertaining to watch. 
But in the end, our defense stood up. But in the end, the boys were able to hold on. We were able to withstand the pressure that Essendon were building. And again, it's just another example of Melbourne being able to win from another position. It wasn't pretty. And yes, certainly we could have uh, worked on a lot of things, including our scoring there. But that's what finals footy is going to bring. It's not going to bring free-flowing, uh, high-scoring footy. And it's great to see that, yeah, our team can continue to adapt and work in these situations where they can grind out a win if they have to. And, and it's not the first time we've done it. And hopefully, they're just taking more and more learnings from it. So we know that there's plenty of things that we can take away from that, both positive and negative. But we're going to look at the positives in our very next segment. Credit to the boys. Back into the game, so... Um, I think it was on uh, all of us to step up and, and you know, really lead from the front, and I thought we did that all day. So we want to play our way. Just go after the So the first thing that I noticed was certainly the immediate impact that our vice captain Jack Viney brought to that centre clearance, the very first bounce. I think we could just see the way that he's able to release Oliver and Petrarca in that centre clearance and centre that first centre bounce was was certainly instantaneous and I think we were just able to see that we looked a little bit cleaner certainly in the center clearances and that's been an issue for Melbourne this season Uh, it's been very well documented in that sense we've rotated a lot of people through that midfield you look at Sparrow James Jordan uh, Angus Brayshaw Jake Melksham at times you know but we know that if you think about our core nucleus in the midfield you're looking at Petrarca Oliver and Viney you see what that impact is and that's full potential in that sense and I think that his intensity that he brought, his tackling pressure, he was just willing to always put the body, his body on the line was outstanding. And I think that that hopefully, you know, that real leading by example and being able to lift the players that are around him, uh, certainly see his acts on the football field and, and certainly uh, are inspired by that. And I just thought that we've missed him. Uh, I think it's easy to sort of not forget, but, you know, we've made do with what we've had. And, and unfortunately, his injury... Uh, has got him to miss sort of a quarter of the season so far. But it was fantastic to have him back. And I just think that his impact was was instrumental. And, and we know that our best football includes Jack Viney in the middle. And we've certainly missed him. So it was great to have him back. His versatility as well too. His ability to be able to run with a player if need be uh, is something that we certainly miss. We've got harms for that area as well. But if there's, a, if there's you know, we need to throw something else in there. He provides that other aspect of it as well too. So I think that, He's going to only get better the more games he gets under his belt and and us leading towards September uh, be the best version that it can be. The second thing that I wanted to bring up, and I highlighted at the start there, but we don't win that game without our team defense. We could certainly highlight the individual efforts of uh, Jake Lever and Stephen May, who, as I said, were absolutely huge in that last quarter. Uh, Jake Lever in particular, I thought, was outstanding, being able to really nullify some of those repeat entries that Essendon were finding inside and just was able to pick off those intercept marks and, and Stephen May as well too. But I thought early, Jaden Hunt was somebody that I noticed that really got into the game early. He had a couple of massive defensive efforts. Um, you know, was just able to use his pace really early in the game. And I, I think he's somebody that you need to get involved early in the game in order for him to have a continued impact. His continued to run and his link-up work with Ed Langdon alongside the wing there was outstanding. And he almost had the opportunity to ice the game for us right in that the last couple of minutes up forward. But unfortunately, he missed everything. I'm not quite sure what he was thinking there when he was blasting it forward. Because even if he got it through for a point, it would have made it a three-kick game to for Essendon to be able to win the game. So, But I just thought his game early was outstanding. Angus Brayshaw is another person that in the last couple of weeks has certainly been highlighted for his work on the wing. And 
somebody that has taken 12 to 18 months to work into his role. Uh, we know that it's not his preferred role, but he's really becoming to excel in uh, being that two-way winger where he's, he runs hard both ways. He's excellent defensively. He's taken a number of intercept marks and he's just continues to be a fantastic user of the ball. And I just think that his efforts both ways were, were outstanding on the weekend as well too. Certainly, his probably his best game on the wing or his most widely recognized game on the wing. I think uh, I was pretty disappointed to see that on the AFL write-up that he didn't get a didn't get a nod on the best on, which I thought was pretty disappointing because I thought that his efforts were clearly identified uh, in the game time commentary as well too. So, uh, a huge game by him. Salo was massive, calmed the flow of the ball when it got a little bit too hot and too heated, and he's certainly somebody that has worked his way back into. Uh, I think his best football, you know, after that game that he missed with sort of general soreness, and we know that he's been dealing with a few niggles here and there, he was a little bit rusty and probably wasn't at his best, but certainly he was back to moving the ball with precision and being able to propel that ball forward from the halfback line. So, yeah, Saylor had a huge game. We talked a little bit about May and Lever, just absolutely outstanding, especially in the crunch time. I think they had 15 intercept marks between them, uh, which was huge. And Lever himself stood up in the final couple of minutes with a massive intercept mark and a spoil as well. When Essendon really, those repeated entries seemed really threatening. And we were, we were under siege. And once again, our defense stayed strong. uh, And it would prove to be the difference between the two sides and, and got us the result in the end. So we've covered the things that we did like from the game, but now it's time to look at the things that we can certainly improve on in our next segment, Pretty Pissed Off. Pretty, I'm pretty pissed, I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's not good enough. That's very unlike the way we've been playing and something that we'll obviously review and get better at. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games. So our forward line's been the talk of the town for the last, well, I don't know, all season, pretty much, given the yeah the two powerhouse forwards that we have currently playing in the VFL, and we went in uh, with Wiedemann out and Viney in, so we went back to our small forward line, which is what gave us such a a, a great start to the season for the first six rounds with Tom McDonald, uh, Bailey Fritch, and Luke Jackson being that other tall forward up there. And here's the thing: that forward line, I think, functioned reasonably well in terms of we had the opportunities there to get the ball inside and to score. And unfortunately, putting the ball inside 50 was horrendous. We butchered the ball a lot of the time. We didn't play to our strengths in terms of we weren't kicking it to our small speedy forwards, you know, to an advantage. We kept kicking it to a contest. We made them work really hard for that ball. If we had the two, three tools in there, absolutely, you're kicking to, you know, a pack mark. But w- when we've got small crumbing forwards in there, like Cozzy, Neil Bull and Spargo, um, even Fritter at times when you're playing one on two, one on three, the ball use inside 50 was, yeah, did not allow our small forwards to lead to an advantage. We kept kicking it to contests. We kept making them play like power forwards when that's not the lineup that we went with. And unfortunately, um, and into my second point was goal kicking because we butchered the goal kicking as well too. We could have kicked a winning score and putting Essendon way out of reach of that um, of that result. We convert two, three, four more goals. Okay, we're not even talking about how Essendon, you know, nearly came across and beat us because I'm looking at set shots. We're shocking. We had... Uh, early misses by Jackson and Brayshaw, Spargo, Pickett, T-Mac. You know, the only goal he kicked was over his head 
on the goal line. Uh, had a couple of chances at goal kicking there. This lineup worked for the first six rounds of the season. It was unpredictable. The way that we scored the ball was diverse and we had a range of goal kickers. We looked like doing that again. However, we just didn't convert on the scoreboard. And I think that I can see the argument for giving Ben Brown a go coming in the next few weeks. I completely understand that. And that might straighten us up a little bit in terms of, yeah, give him a crack because we brought him to the club for a reason. And that goal kicking is certainly something that we can certainly add to. But I hope that in that review that they look and see that we certainly missed chances and and we could have easily won that game by four or five goals. Look at the end of the first quarter. Essendon go in with a three-point lead. However, only registered 17 disposals in their attacking half compared to we had 53. We had 53 disposals. So we had six scoring shots, uh, especially in that first sort of 20 minutes where we were really hot in the ball. Essendon really only scored um, from flukes and you know, turning the ball over in the corridor and Stringer potentially breaking the game open with a, you know, a couple of charges out of the center square. So certainly something that we can uh, we can work on. And we all know that the forward line is going to continue to be tinkered with as we move towards September. Next, we have the Charlie Spargo Award, which goes to the most underrated performance from a Melbourne player on the weekend. And there could have been a number of potential candidates for this award over the weekend. But I've settled with Tom Sparrow, and I know that he took it out the other week, but I just thought that his game from start to finish was absolutely outstanding. He's been, the last few weeks, he's been playing in a number of different roles, uh, whether that's inside, outside, and hitting the scoreboard. And and today, he did a bit of everything. Uh, I just thought that his work his grunt work inside, you know, rotated through the midfield and we know that his toughness in a contest is absolutely second to none and came up with a really clutch goal in that last quarter, was our only goal kicker in that last quarter and has a beautiful set shot as well too. So personally, I'd love to see him keep his spot in the side. I know that there's a squeeze at the moment. We've got Nate Jones, Benny Brown playing really good footy in the the VFL and, you know, there's not room, you think about last one in, uh, first one out sort of thing. Tom Sparrow might be one that comes to mind, but we're blooding games into his system and he, he's only getting better. I mean, he's only 22 years old. It's really exciting that he's having such an impact as well too. And, and again, really buying into that role and, and doing whatever is needed by the team and by the coaches and executing his role to absolute perfection. So well done, Sparrow. Looking forward to seeing how you progress, mate. Well done. All right, well, the next segment is the most important segment of the podcast, and that's where we get to hear your responses to our fan questions in Fugazi. People aren't commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fugazi. Can you do your best uh, Matthew McConaughey impression from the <laughs> No, I can't, but it's, uh, it's goes something like Fugazi, it's Woozy, it's Wazi. <laughs> so our first one here comes from Tony Mason from Facebook. We're asking for biggest talking points from the weekend's win. He said, if Gorn and Jackson aren't propping down deep forward, then Ben Brown may as well. And that's true. That's something we didn't see too much. Uh, well, Jacko popped down a little bit. We had his, uh, his attempt at a left foot dribble goal, uh, which I'm sure was a bit of a brain fade and, and no doubt he'll be, he'll be working on that or might have to answer what was going through his head at that time. But... Uh, we didn't see Gorn down the forward line too much at all. And and 100% uh, 
think that Ben Brown should be given a chance. Uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully his body is uh, keeping up and looks like that his form in the VFL, uh, fingers crossed, should translate to to playing in the AFL. And if he comes in this week, he'll probably be looking at Phil Davis, I would say, down the back line. So see what happens there. Uh, next, we've got Jacinta Jones. Very rusty coming off by. I don't like the buys, especially the week before finals. Great to see Christian Petrarca wave to the very vocal bomber crowd. And yeah, i tell you what, for the only 25,000 uh, that were, well, 25% that were allowed in there, it sounded like 20% of those were the bombers' supporters. And it, it almost sounded like they were over playing in West Coast, um, playing the Eagles over there with the Boo Factory because. There's been plenty of slack uh, against the umpires by any Essendon fan pages that you might be following or might be seeing or trolling uh, on social media that, yeah, umpires weren't so much in the favor of Essendon fans after last week. I, It's easy to say from Damon's point of view. I don't think there's too much that they have to whinge about, honestly. I think it was pretty even, and I think Melbourne only ended up having four more free kicks in the end anyway. So, yeah, no, I completely agree. It was great to see him, um, yeah, Say a little hello to, to the Bomber crowd. I'm not sure whether it'd be something that Goody might say, nah, maybe just leave that for, for later on or whether that's a good look, but see what happens. I, mean, I know the D supporters would certainly love it. Next, we have Helen Bradley Crowther saying May and Lever, 15 intercept marks in defense between them. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. We touched on that before, Helen. Uh, they are proving just to be absolute standouts and we're so so fortunate that we spent the money and the resources to get them in and yes it's taken a couple of years for them to really become a cohesive unit um and we speak of the back six you know not just of may and lever but uh they certainly are the generals uh, of our back line and, and certainly provide that leadership and that structure down back and last of all we've got ian johnson here uh, the forward line is now underperforming compared to all of our other 12 on-field soldiers. This really needs urgent attention or our 21 season could end in a nightmare. Just a tiny bit more consistency is a must-do priority. They have the skill, but they need to complete their tasks a bit better. We simply need to kick two or three more goals each week. And thinking about what Ains just said then is completely what my point was before. I think that had we not converted a couple more goals uh, we're not having this you know the game doesn't end up like that we could easily win by four or five goals against that Essendon side which you know whilst they're on the rise we're certainly a, you know a much better side than they are so I, without a doubt I know that the club and you know Greg Stafford uh, the coaching team would go back and, and have a look what worked and what didn't inside 450 and, and it would be pretty reasonable to think that Ben Brown might get a shot this week uh, I would be surprised if they went with the same forward line. But as I said, I could still see merit. I could still see an argument for both sides there. So that about wraps it up. Thanks for putting up with me. Sorry uh, about a bit of a cold and it's been an ordinary week with Simo being stuck into state. Um, I've been a little bit crook this week and yeah, hopefully you've had a chance to listen to the Cross interview which I put out last night which is yeah, a fantastic chat with him and yeah, it was great to welcome back Steph and she was obviously was thrilled to come back to talk to one of her childhood idols in Daniel Cross. Uh, obviously had that massive role 
with the Bulldogs, but most importantly for our listeners, uh, was instrumental in some of that redevelopment of the Melbourne Football Club as we rose from the ashes from those dark days there. And yeah, it certainly was highly valued by his teammates and coaches. So make sure you check that out if you haven't listened to it already. Uh, thanks to all our listeners. Thanks, a big thanks to our sponsor in Hop Hen Brewing. Uh, thanks for all their support as well too. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple or Google and feel free to leave a review or some feedback on Twitter at AWTN2Details. Remember, details, D-double-E, uh, Facebook or Instagram or throw us an email at attentiontodetailpod at gmail.com. Go Dees and we'll see you all next week. Thanks again. Thanks again.